The holidays are here, which means your schedule is about to be full of parties. Co has you covered with their holiday look shop. They have all of the sparkly dresses and accessories you need to stand out this season. All of the sequins and all of the velvet. Use our code SWIPEFAT for 30% off your next order. That's new or returning customers. Head over to dia.com slash SWIPEFAT to get shopping. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm Nikki. And this is SWIPEFAT. It is. And today... While we sometimes are train wrecks, we actually have friends who are not. We have one who's a therapist, and we thought. I love that you started with, you know what? We're train wrecks, but we we, we know we, know we can people. still help you. Yeah, by bringing in by bringing in recruits. Um, we get a lot of questions um, that we feel like uh, we are not we shouldn't be answering because we're not licensed professionals um so right um nikki and i have a friend carly um who is a licensed professional she actually has her bs in psychology uh from michigan state university and she went to graduate school at the chicago school of professional psychology this is you know very fancy um she has her master's in counseling psychology and she's been licensed and working in the field for like over six years now um, she's an LCPC, which is a licensed clinical professional counsel, counselor, and she's mainly worked in addiction therapy, but her approach to therapy is all about helping people um, live their best lives and tips on how to pull from their strengths. Um, I personally also love that she is a plus size woman, um, so I think she's the perfect person to ca- come on and talk about helping us struggling with dating and um, confidence when it comes to dating. So we are very excited to have her today. Hi, Carly. Hey guys, how are you? Good. Thank thank you for joining us. We're so excited to have you. It's like I didn't see you last night or anything. Uh, Yeah, about last night. (laughs) Wait, can we take a detour from... (laughs) Carly's here to talk about um, therapy, but should we talk about your guys' night first? Um. I got home at 1 a.m. and it was the first time I've done that in like two years. Yeah. I felt really cool. I texted my friends the next morning. Did you? I was like, yeah. I was like, guys, guess what I did? <laughs> I was really proud of myself. They were really proud. My mother, of course, was very proud. Proud oh. Jewish mom. <laughs> proud Jewish mom. Amazing. You're like, mom, I went to dinner and then I walked around River North and <laughs> I ended up at this this club <laughs> locked eyes with that doorman skip mm-hmm. that line meanwhile yeah. i'm at home watching hallmark movies <laughs> so who won who who really won okay and i think it's me no i think it's me i got the number of a hot guy I, yeah, yeah seriously oh, still jealous very attractive that, man <laughs> mickey met someone in the wild i know i texted alex and she goes so does that mean you have a boyfriend and then i sent her a <laughs> screenshot of our text and i go i think we're engaged <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah i go <laughs> go from getting his number to we're engaged um <laughs> watch I'll never see him meet him in real life ever uh, <laughs> whatever it's fun it's fun it's fine man he's an so, ass man if he was a boob man I, I he probably would have gone for me <laughs> or in my dreams <laughs> I love it uh, now, we'll find you one we'll find you we'll we'll walk down Hubbard and find another door guy to to, to bring us in he said that's not his move 
by the way. He said he's never done that before. Like he was very confident. He was very confident. He like flagged us in and then like came to the bar and like bought me a drink. Very confident. I was like, that is a straight up move, sir. I mean, it's sexy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel very wanted. <laughs> yeah, but we digress. Yes. We have, right. we have Carly on to, because she's a therapist. She's a trained professional to answer your questions. I swear because- I am. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I am. Okay, so like, let's put some background on this. Nikki yes. and I um, love when we get your guys's um, DMs and questions or, you know, like, emails um for advice and um sometimes we feel qualified to answer the question or give advice um, based on our own past experiences Mm -hmm. and sometimes we don't because we are not licensed um professionals and um we thought we do know one we do (laughs) know carly who is also plus size so we were like why wouldn't we um have carly on and also her approach to therapy is motivational interviewing and Carly can talk a little bit more about what that is, but I just, I, I love that because it's absolutely what we need, um, on this podcast. So, um, Carly, if you want to explain sort of like what that means and like, yeah, motivational interviewing is basically like meeting someone where they're at. So, you know, we're not cookie cutter. Um, everything's case by case in you know, my field and you've got to just meet them where they're at, pull from their strengths and, um, you know, kind of build, build back what has been maybe torn down. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm all about taking the negative and twisting it into something positive. Wait, how do you twist this into something positive? For example, like the negative energy of how about that? Like last night, oh. I wanted the doorman. I thought he was hot and I wanted him to want me. And I told him that. <laughs> <laughs> and that him, like, you know, there's some negativity against mm-hmm. like, yeah, he wanted like another girl over me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, listen around to positive. Like next time I go out, I need to be like approach people more. I need to talk to people more mm-hmm. like, you know, be more outgoing. So like, that's like one example. So, but then going from there, there's talking it. Now I need to walk it. So. so I've been too embarrassed to ask my therapist this. So let's maybe ask you because how, I didn't know we were coming with personal questions. I, I just thought of it. <laughs> um, how do I stop drunk texting? Oh my God. I was like the queen of this in college. It was horrible. I even put like on my phone, don't call and yeah. don't uh-huh. and like you know I'd wake up to the all these don't don't, don't you know whatever um don't black out um uh, yeah so that was that don't black out because I feel like that always happens um and I try to just stay off my phone to be honest like last night I was hardly on my phone mm-hmm. like when we were out so like I just try like and stay off of it and just stay away from it if unless like necessary Okay, so lock it in a safe. Like I, it was just in my purse all night, and I very rarely took it out. Okay, I'm proud of myself because I didn't drop text anybody last night, but I thought about it. That's good. That's improvement. Yeah. Hey, the small wins they add up. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna lock. I'll lock, I'll just lock it up. That might be the best thing. 
I'm, I'm just away. In college, I used to give it to my friends, my phone. But I feel like yeah. back then, you well, for me anyway, like back then, phones weren't like what they are now, you know, mm-hmm. like they have everything on it that you need. Uh, yeah. Sometimes we didn't even bring our phones to the bars and stuff because, like, why would we need it? <laughs> yeah. To get a car home? No. <laughs> they would, <laughs> no. Now it's literally our whole life. Yeah. That's not how it worked. Yeah. <laughs> You'd just be outside. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry for my um, personal question, but thank you for telling me how to lock it up. <laughs> uh, do we want to like just dive straight into listener questions? Let's do it. I think so. Okay. How to set appropriate boundaries when supporting each other through bad mental health episodes? So you and your partner. Yeah. Yeah. Just like support in general, uh, regardless of mental health or addiction or just anything self-consciousness I think the best thing is you need to teach your loved ones how to best support you because what they're doing is what they know and Mm -hmm. they it's coming from love um, but they might not know that it's not necessarily helping you you know and it might be hurting and adding to it you know there's those trigger words that people say to you Um, I have certain ones whenever my mom asks me if I'm okay and I say yes she goes are you sure and it drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. And she knows not to say that anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, and a thing with the, the boundaries is setting boundaries with someone. So that's like a boundary I set with my mom is not to say that. And when she does still here and there say it, because we're human, you know, I say to her like, mom, remember? And she stops and it's really great. The big thing with boundaries though, is if you do break them, they have then gone to shit, you know? We need to maintain our boundaries. We can always reset them, um, but we need to maintain them and keep them up. Otherwise, they're not going to last. They're not going to work, or we might need to revise them. But uh, really telling our loved ones, hey, you asking me or phrasing things this way isn't helping. It'd be better if you said this or do this. Okay. So this next question is how to bring up um, my, is it GAD? Generalized anxiety disorder, so basically oh, okay. anxiety, but that's okay. the fancy clinical definition of it. Got it. Or term. Um, and medication. It seems like it's a little too much for dating app sites, even when it's relevant. I think, you know, mental illness is very personal. So also not feeling like you have the need to disclose it. If you don't want to, especially right away, you have to maybe get comfortable with someone and have some trust developed, I think some sort of rapport relationship with someone before you dive into that. Other people might wear it a bit more right on their sleeve like that and be more open. Um, And if you are describing it more, I think like treating it like it's any other like medical condition, you know, treating it different than that, you know, might be like that's adding to the stigma of mental illness right there. You know, treating it like it's, you know, any like really any other medical condition that someone might have. I feel like that's good advice for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing is when we look at it so differently than that, and we don't, because it, it is a medical condition, it really is. Addiction is a medical condition, mental illness, they really are. Um, and when we look at them so separately from that, that's where the stigma comes in and people don't talk about it and all of it. And we know what happens from there or can't happen. So it's helping us even destigmatize our own mental illness, mental illness and how we think about it 
in, in our mental health. The fact that we're on medication and might have to be on medication for the rest of our lives. Okay. I'm not experienced when it comes to dating. How can I overcome that? I think the only thing to work through any type of uncomfortability is to become comfortable with it. You have to dive into the uncomfortable. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. If you don't try it at all, if you don't even attempt it, nothing's going to happen. I like this question uh, is where do you even begin to find confidence when you're starting from a place of like self-hate or self-loathing? If you're if you're at like a pit place of self-hate and self-loathing, you're probably at a very low, low, whatever bottom that is for you. And so try and look at that again, turning something negative into a positive is there's only like room to go up then from there. And you got to take small steps. So there's small steps to learning how to build your self-esteem back up again, whether it's working on like positive affirmations and, you know, like saying that into a mirror or just saying it aloud, or, you know, having those pop up on your phone throughout the day, um, you know, doing kind things for other people, doing nice things for other people really does help yourself. Um, you just got to take those small steps, I think, um, to, you know, self-care, any type of self-care um, to just really start to build it up. And then when you keep adding things here and there in, it can build into something really beautiful. We personally love a manifestation and affirmation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if they can be so powerful. And if like that doesn't work for you, you know, like try something else, you know? There's so many things out there for like, you can also like, maybe you are have self-loathing cause you can't, can't get over something and can't forgive yourself. And like, we need to work on self-forgiveness then. How do you forgive yourself and like move on from whatever is holding you back? Or like the, a lot of the clients that I work with um, have trouble accepting compliments, you know, and mm-hmm. praise because they've just been like shat on their whole life. So, um, you know, actually accepting them. Like when people say like, you look great and like you're doing, looks like you're doing really well, like say thank you and, you know, really embrace it. So I think as like that woman, that's something that's very hard to do is to accept a compliment. Because like, it's like, I don't know, for me, it's, is it genuine? And mm-hmm. they, like for a long time, they made me uncomfortable. I'm like, I've worked on it and I love a compliment now. <laughs> um, and it really is like a boost, but for a long time, it was really hard to accept one. Yeah. I feel like people, um, my friends always make fun of me because they're like, you're not modest at all. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't be because like, I know I'm awesome. So, but like that took a long time. So you have to like, um, if someone's like, oh, you know, sh- I love your hair. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you. I know. Like, you know, like, but it's the takes exact so same much- way. Yeah. But you have to, it takes a lot of time to like get to that place because I think people view it as like yeah, not being modest. And it's sort of like, I don't know, why should I be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try to think of it like if a man, if you <laughs> gave the same compliment to a guy, they'd probably be like, yeah. You know, <laughs> so I try to think of it like, what would a what would a dude do (laughs) there's also the idea of like fake it till you make it just Mm -hmm. like do the things that you know you like need to do um to some degree and hopefully it'll like you said like manifest (laughs) it'll come it'll come to fruition so so I say fake it till you make it all the time does that mean I can be a licensed therapist now like should I go into therapy (laughs) (laughs) don't don't tell her that (laughs) 
No, Nikki. <laughs> I'd be the worst therapist. Okay. Um, I, yes, you should text him. Yeah. What's the best way to overcome date anxiety? Well, I think it's just like anxiety in general. You know, it's not always, I mean, yes, date anxiety, but looking at anxiety in general, my favorite things are calming techniques. Um, so like before this, I was anxious and I did some nice breathing techniques, you know, some nice, nice deep breaths. I could literally, when I take deep breaths and you actually like learn, have to learn how to like breathe. So like Google it guys. And there's so many like ways to help you and figure out how to best do it. Like in the nose, out the mouth, holding the breath, all of it. I can feel my body just like settling. I can feel my heart rate like decreasing and it just like, it feels good. So something like calming techniques like that, or using like a guided meditation, if that works for you. Um, I think another thing too, which is good is get the flow of dopamine going in your brain. So do something that's fun. Like watch like a funny video and laugh, you know, have a funny conversation with a girlfriend or someone else. Like you know, mm-hmm. giggle a bit. And it really does. It gets the dopamine going, you start feeling good. And then you just, you know, you slide into that. Um, so those are like the main things. I mean, I wouldn't suggest having more than one drink, <laughs> but maybe you can have one. Um, I, um, you know, if you do not identify as someone who is an alcoholic or addict, it's okay. And you can do that. So, um, but don't overdo it because that could increase your anxiety. That could cause many other things, but that would be maybe a last resort for me, but really like those calming and grounding techniques and laughter, you know, get the dopamine flowing. <laughs> yeah. I, um, okay. So you know what I love about the TikTok videos where people are, um, getting ready for a date? I feel like those have to be calming, right? It's sort of like they're doing their makeup and like talking about going on the date or like what they're going to wear. I don't mm-hmm. know. Do you not agree, Nikki? You're like looking at me like, that's crazy. Oh, I, I was just looking at you like straight at you in my computer. But oh, well, that's um, so nice. Thank you. Um, <laughs> just looking you right and dead in the eye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just feel like as long as you, if you're putting something around it, like not making it that big of a deal, kind of like, oh, I'm making a TikTok video and it's just for fun. Yeah. It's content. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's the focusing on you're focusing on something something else, else yeah yeah. Guys, yeah never have I ever downloaded TikTok no <laughs> well Carly come to the dark I side I, d- I refuse I refuse I mean how, let's how talk about addiction I have, <laughs> I have an addiction to TikTok <laughs> one time a client asked me to do one of the dances with her and we oh. did it so oh. I'm on TikTok somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the recesses of TikTok. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Man. Okay. So this question is about you personally, I feel like, because they want to pick your brain about what it's like dating when you work in mental health. So I can turn therapist mode off really easily. Nikki probably saw that last night mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but I can easily turn it off. Um, I don't sit there and analyze people. I'm not sitting with my girlfriends and analyzing. I'm not sitting with my family and analyzing. Um, so I, I, I can easily turn it off and on. Um, so I, I, I've been able to, with practice, compartmentalize. Um, so when I'm in that situation, it's not even like the only 
reason that would come up is like, you know, what do you do for a living? But um, maybe, you know, they might ask me things like that. I get that asked all the time or people ask me if I can read their mind. I don't get that. Like, I'm not a psychic. Like there's nothing about a therapist that is a psychic, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really turn it off and it's taken practice. I've been in the field six years now. So um, in the beginning, maybe not, but um, there's a reason why you don't do therapy also too with like, you know, friends, family, people you're trying to date, you know, <laughs> they're not your clients. So how do you not let one bad dating experience ruin the rest for you? I mean, that makes me really think of classic cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. It's where you, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. impressed. <laughs> um, it's the idea of changing the way you think about something changes the way you feel about it which in turn changes the way you then react and behave. So if you change that thought process of, okay, well, I went on one bad day, they're all gonna be bad. Um, if, you if you work to change that of like, well, this next one could go really well, or there is the possibility of X, Y, and Z, or I can get a good friend out of this. I can get a nice meal. I can, you know, I, I, I take care of myself and I glam up, you know, if you just change the way that you think about that process in general, and in, in, in that sense, then you feel a bit better that like you feel good and then you feel a bit better going into it. So um, it's a lot uh, more in depth than just kind of simply said like that, oh, just change the way you think. There's many practices. If you look into cognitive behavioral therapy, there's a lot of practical techniques you can use to help you work through those. Um, I have a lot of worksheets I can send you if you'd like, <laughs> um, lecture you more on that. Uh, but it really, that's the thing is if that's your one track mind, nothing's gonna change. Nothing's gonna change. You got, it starts with changing the way you think about it. Yeah, I think um, Nikki, actually, maybe you can th be a therapist because, no, I'm serious, because you were like, you need to stop thinking of dating as one thing, because I was like, coming at it from my one perspective, and she's like, here's how I look at it, and I was like, oh, that's like much healthier <laughs> way to look at dating, but you know, like, treat it as like, you're just having fun. I think I went into it like thinking like, oh, every date is like my potential husband and you know like it's so you're putting so much pressure on yourself and I think a lot of people go into dating like that like not treating it like it's this like it's a chore mm -hmm. and that to me it was a chore like I wasn't having fun with it right mm -hmm. so I had the same experience <laughs> it was miserable that's why I hated it. I know. It. That's why I, I, I was so confused about why do you hate going on dates so much? Like why? Because yeah, there's some shitty ones, but most of the time you're going to have a pleasant time. Well, I wasn't okay. Well, now you are okay. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. Okay. So this is a long one. As a plus-sized, intelligent, loving, nurturing, and trauma-riddled woman, I often found myself attracted to and and subsequently, apparently I can't read, dating the brilliant yet profoundly broken man. It's led me to a lot of extremely unhealthy and codependent relationships with men who have psychological issues and or substance abuse issues. I've seen this occur in a lot of plus size friends, so I feel like there could be a correlation. Every breakup with these brilliant yet chaotic men have left me completely burnt out, yet I keep going back to the same types over and over. 
So what she just described is her cycle. Just mm-hmm. like with my clients, their cycle of addiction. They get sober, they go to treatment, maybe four months pass, and then they rush really back into um, a job and or they decide, okay, I'm ready to live on my own again. And they do that. And then next thing you know, they relapse and they find themselves back in that similar situation. Well, then maybe this time try a sober living option after you seek treatment or have you done an outpatient therapy group? <clears throat> do you attend any like 12-step meetings? So break your cycle. You just described it, remove something. When you see those red flags of the past, you know, relationships, trust your gut, get out of there. You know, don't waste your time anymore. You know, it's, it's, you gotta be kind to yourself. Like you're doing yourself a disservice if you're just going to stick in that cycle. So you got to break it somehow. So I feel like it's really interesting that she said that she sees it a lot with plus size women, because I don't know if that's necessarily like it might be true. I know for me, I do. I have a cycle that I'm trying to break of dating slightly somewhat of what she described. Um, it was like, like kind of like what she described. Yeah, I, I date a lot of guys. Who She's like, there. I don't see the correlation, but there is a correlation. Well, there no, saying, but I can tell you why my I do. Yeah. Sorry, my, it was has, just funny the way you were saying. Yeah, it has nothing to do with me being fat. I mm-hmm, date mm-hmm. men who manipulate me because I grew up in uh with an abusive and uh bipolar alcoholic stepfather. Like most of the men in my life were very toxic. So I think that's like I find similarities and that's what I tend to go to thinking that they're different than what they are. And then I realize like that they just like it's hidden in a different way so and that's another thing too is that in looking back as like and is there something in your past like Nikki you just explained like the way you were raised and how that shaped your dating behavior same thing for this individual you know look at your past too and you know examine it um you know my rule on therapy is I think everyone should do it because everyone could benefit from a non-judgmental third-party source to talk to Mm-hmm. we have our girlfriends we have our friends we have supports we have everything but like you need just someone else to just talk about anything too so <laughs> <laughs> I agree especially the non-judgmental thing because I don't know it's no biases like yeah. it's it's that's you know my where I start with a clean slate with every client like nice yeah especially if you're if you know you have a pattern mm-hmm. I, I absolutely like I knew I I've seen ther- a therapist for that like knowing that you do the same thing over and over like how do I break out of it sometimes that's overwhelming yeah also your therapist should be in therapy <laughs> actually yeah, we make I've, the worst clients but we need it like it's essential so <laughs> remember how we wrote like our red green flags like what we wanted a partner my therapist had me do that and I put the basic a good person down because I hadn't always been dating good people. So like, I don't know, that's, I, it's truly breaking a cycle. Mm-hmm. So, and, but even so, that, what is a good person to you? What well, is oh that no, count? I have a full, okay. Like, okay. <laughs> but one of the things was like a decent human being. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The not bar a, is, lo- the bar is low, Carly. Not a the fucking scumbag. <laughs> My bar is quite low too, man. It's all good. <laughs> I was like, are you a good person? And do you not have substance abuse issues? Cool. 
no, there's a lot more things. We're, we've made a lot of progress, guys. <laughs> Alex, do you want to do the next question? Sure. How do you avoid thoughts such as he might like a girl more than me just because that girl is skinnier? You can't avoid those thoughts. Those things are going to pop in your brain. That's your unconscious working. It's what you do with the thoughts. Are you going to sit there and dwell and become very upset and just go over and over and ruminate and induce the anxiety, induce the depression in you? Or are you going to be like, fuck that. And then again, you know, lift yourself up, do something kind to yourself. You know, what do you do with that? Because the thoughts are going to happen. That's normal. You know, they're going to come in. We're going to compare ourselves. We're going to judge ourselves, all of it or others but it's what we do with it. I feel like I don't have an issue with that until I really like someone, you know, like the thoughts don't really pop into my head until I'm either fully in a relationship or half in it, you know, where I'm like, oh, I really like this person, but I, I'm nervous someone else is going to come along. And cause I, I, well, I have anxious um, attachment issues. So, you know, like I, I'm always scared someone's going to run away and, um, for sure I feel like these are thoughts I have like all the time um and I think we as um humans try to make instead of like giving ourselves like I'm the one that should be squelching those thoughts right instead of I feel like we always look to the other person to give us that validation but it's like I can't seek that validation from anyone but myself so um I mean it's something that I don't think I'll ever not think in the future. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't think it's going to like go away. No, but it's how you deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You but can't to know stop that it's those thoughts from popping in. Right. But I know that it's my responsibility to, to mm-hmm. like own it and squash it with a positive thought instead. It's a good tool. Therapy. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so when or how do you bring up that you're a virgin slash inexperienced while dating. Sometimes I panic and overshare. <laughs> um, I personally do not have experience with this. Um, I, do we go into storytelling? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was uh, 18 and told the person like right before it happened and he was so into it and yeah. So <laughs> that's my experience. Um, I, so I don't really have really good advice in that sense. Um, I think it's really, again, going back to even like the mental illness, like, um, it's personal, you know, do you bring it up? Do you, do you not, are you the token guy on like the bachelor and bachelorette? That's the virgin, you know, like, or not like, do you want to, you know what I mean? Um, and there's also a stigma with that too. What's wrong with being a virgin, you know, like, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with it you know, your reasonings behind it, all of it, whatever, there's nothing wrong with it too. So again, also maybe coming from a place of trying to build that confidence to talk about it. Um, but so maybe I did have something to say about that, but <laughs> that's a hard one. That's hard. I would definitely not do what I did. Um, when I lost my virginity at 24, which was, I didn't tell the guy at all. And then until we were in the bed, <laughs> And I just blurted it out. I like screamed it. And he was very nervous and scared. It was not, uh, it, don't go about it that way. 
And that's the thing is, and people are really like into it or they're not like the guy I was with was like really into it. <laughs> and so I have the same experience as Carly. Like um, the, I, when I first had sex, I was 20. So I was in college and I remember like being, I know that everyone's timeline's different. Right. So at the time I was one of my friends, I was like one of the last people um, to have sex and but the guy I ended up having sex with was like so into it and I I think that like they either will or they won't be I think my advice would to be would and I'm not a licensed professional but I would recommend like um, going in with like confidence just stating facts as facts sort of like hey here's what happened okay so like when I um, we started with my, the guy that I ended up having sex with for the first time. Um, we got pretty far and I was like, Hey, like I need to stop because I have not had sex before and very matter of fact about it. And he was like, Oh, okay. Well, like now is not the time, you know, like let's mm-hmm. figure out a time for that to happen. But you know, it's like, as long as you're, it's like a boundary. Mm-hmm. And I think you just have to state it as a fact, not be embarrassed by it because it's not something to be embarrassed of. and right and I don't think you need to I think bringing up virginity is fine I don't know if you need to bring up that you're inexperienced um I had a guy do that to me recently and it freaked me out Mm -hmm. remember Nikki that guy Mm -hmm. in the park yeah so I I went on a um what Nikki called a fuck date wait was it fuck walk (laughs) fuck walk a fucking walk walk. a fucking walk yeah this guy like or no it's a walk and fuck sorry walk yes walk and fuck so we went on a date no it was oh well he he had it no we don't like the walk well I just feel I mean I like that his honesty but um he was just like hey I'm not experienced but I'm not looking for relationships I'm just looking to fuck basically and I was like cool um, love the honesty, not what I'm looking for, you know. Um, <laughs> it was just like, but it was a lot so much because it was like our first time meeting, right? Pretty intense, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know I, if they're asking if it needs to be something you need to tell someone right away, I would say no. No. Um, I think it's when you feel comfortable, but be confident about it. like this guy was confident about it. Like, good for him. Um, mm-hmm. And just like state the facts. And yeah. the right person's going to be chill about it. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, then bye. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> Deuces. Boy, bye. All right, Carly. Last question. <sighs> Do you have any advice for a serial non-dater who is desperate to fall in love and have children? Like, I don't know. Did I secretly submit this question? <laughs> because this is me to a T and I have gone the last 10 years living in Chicago on and off of you know random relationships here and there going through um dating whether it's like on a nap or being set up and having some good first dates having something happen and then stop delete go away whatever and that cycle continues and 10 years later like I'm I'm still very much in that cycle but on Thursday, I went to dinner with one of my friends who was visiting um, Chicago, and she's another plus-size lady, and she just ended her three-year 
of abstinence and um, not dating. And it was because she wasn't confident in herself at all um, and due to her weight and everything. And um, that's a big reason too, why I um, don't date is not feeling necessarily confident in the way that I look outwardly. I'm, I have a lot of internal confidence. Um, and she just kind of one day was just like sick of it. It was like sick of the vibrator, sick of the this, and like was just, let's do it. Like got a wax, went on like Tinder and like just kind of like started like meeting people and just like started talking to people. And she found that like, she just, she just went in, she went full throttle and she's been talking about how much fun she's been having. And you could just see the light in her eyes and I was, I told her, I was like, you're inspiring me so much. Like, I need to do this. We need to just jump in. So whoever asked that girl, you and I are jumping in together and we are just going to do this. Okay. We need to just get out there together and download that app, you know, be true to yourself, meet people, talk to people, connect, network with like all of it. Um, you just gotta, we gotta dive in. We're going to do it. I think you guys need to do Alex's manifestation. Oh yeah. Together. Yeah. Okay. Last episode, we did a, a manifestation because I'm also looking for a partner mm-hmm. and um, I do this one every day. Do you want to do it with me? <laughs> sure. Okay. So it's the partner I seek is also seeking me. And I now release any blocks standing between us. Ooh. Good. Right. I like that. Will you text that to me? Yeah, because I, I mean, I like it because it's about people seeking each other, right? It's not like oh. I'm being like, I just want a partner. It's like, I want someone who compliments me yeah. and there can be blocks. The block can be me, mm-hmm. you know, not wanting to get out there and just like have fun. Yeah, I'm definitely my biggest block. Um, I was talking to Nikki a little bit about this last night, but um, I was never, I, I recently became a beautiful plus size lady um, the last couple of years. And I was like the awkwardly skinny girl that was made fun of for being mm-hmm. so skinny, but always had my big boobs. Um, <laughs> but I was that growing up. So um, the that's been a big part of my um, not dating and not putting myself out there is like, who would want to be with me, you mm-hmm. know, looking at everyone else, all my friends are married with kids and like, have great bodies and have maintained their bodies and everything. And I've Feel, you know, and I've definitely put on a lot of weight in the last, like within 10 years. So, and that's been a big part of it. And I know losing weight isn't gonna make me like, just break, just, it's not a magical cure. So I have to do the inward work as well. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing, you know, I'm in the process of doing all of that. I'm um, just taking care of myself. Um, so I just, you know, now I, this is me. I'm not gonna, you know, this is me, accept me, love me who, for who I am. And I'm going to find that person. And I believe that everything happens for a reason. So, you know, it'll happen when it happens. And like, I think people say, like, I hate kind of when other people say to me, like, oh, when you least expect it, you know, you're going to fall in love. My friends keep saying, Carly, you're going to be the one who meets someone and in two months you're married and like <laughs> you're eloping and everything. And I'm like, you're just saying that because I'm the last one to get married out of the group. Like, <laughs> you know, but, you know, I mean, just really back to the question though, is we just got to go in, go in deep and let's do, we just got to do this. We got to muster up that courage and just like dive in. Yes. 
We're diving. Yes. We're diving. Like Olympic style diving. Yes. Swan dives. Deep, yes. deep dive. Ooh. Swan dives. What are swan yeah. dives? A little flare. <laughs> I don't want to do any of the, I don't, it's just the beautiful dive. I don't want to like do you like back. I'm sorry. It's just the beautiful dive. <laughs> That's not it's graceful. Next, it's graceful. It's graceful. Yeah. One nation. <laughs> it's my explanation okay okay jeez no I think that that's great but I mean honestly yeah. anytime we hear someone who's like what do I do to just like get it like get into dating and it's like just you yeah. have to just do it and unfortunately I mean like you know how people joke about like it's like a like if you haven't gone into date in a long time you're kind of like well this is a good practice date it's that's not bullshit like mm-hmm. <laughs> the first one might be awkward it might be weird yep. um because you're just get, you're getting your training wheels off you know absolutely yeah absolutely. i think i don't i don't want people to be like shouldn't be scared there are people out there you can have good a good right. time and have good dates and um it's not all terrifying I know that I feel like there's just so many horror stories you know that we hear and mm-hmm. there's like less positive stuff out there um so I think it's focusing on those too like a horror story is fun every once in a while right but like right, don't focus but, on those right you can't catastrophize ca- catastrophize over that and you know there's a like fall back in our community your people you know mm-hmm. like we all support each other we're in this together us like single curvy ladies you know we're all in it together there is a beautiful community out there like lean on each other you know I think being in a group of like-minded people you know that's why addiction treatment is typically done in a group setting you're feel so isolated and alone in your addiction and then you get in these rooms and you're like it isn't just me and you see these so many similarities and you connect and you know that's you know mirror that then with this community Speaking of communities, if you want to get in and meet other fat babes, we're doing a meetup on December 8th, guys. Just a little reminder. It's going to be at Paradise Park, and it's $55 for pizza, beer, and wine. Unlimited. All you can eat or drink. I'm and drink I went to the last one, and it was so much fun. Yes. I still have flowers all over my house. I repurposed them. Oh. And I will definitely be at Paradise. That is the best. Oh, yeah. I love that. So I'll see you guys there. Yeah. If you want to get tickets, go to their link in our bio on Instagram or hit up sassyconfetti.com. Woo. So at the end of every episode, we say bye. Do you want to say that with us? Sure. Yes. And also, thank you for. Yes. Oh, here. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Thank you guys. You you popped my um, podcast virginity. So I uh, I, I hope so I, I hope I did you. it justice, y'all. No, you did amazing. I think honestly, there's we get uh, this was great. I think Nikki and I can only take it so far, and I think that you know we needed that extra step that only Carly could provide. So thank you so much for joining us, and um, thank you. We will see you guys next week. So all right. Bye. Bye. Bye.